First of all, the way the virus infects us is it has a part of its body uh, of the outer of the outer body of the virus that helps it get into our cells okay mm-hmm. so it's like if our cells have locks and they protect them from external foreign invaders this virus sort of has a key that allows it to attach to the wall of the cell and then infect the cell inside Okay. Okay. So the way the vaccine works is it sort of tells the body this key is a foreign key. You shouldn't listen to it. And it exposes the body to something that looks like this key of the virus's outer wall so that we can create what is called an antibody. So Mm -hmm. antibodies are like your body's natural defense system. So that as soon as we're exposed to the virus, if we already have these antibodies running around, your body will immediately attack the virus and sort of neutralize it and stop it from multiplying in your body to create the symptoms of an infection. Clear. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So that's what the vaccine does. Now, some people might ask, why doesn't my body do this on its own? And what happens is when you get a COVID infection and you are not already vaccinated, the way your body creates antibodies is sort of a scattershot approach. What does that mean? So so the virus, so let's imagine the virus is like a circle with like a cone on top, which is a spike protein. Okay. Okay. So when your body's trying to attack it, it sort of attacks any part of the virus that it can latch onto. So Mm. it can create antibodies to any part of the virus that is visible to the outside of it, okay? So the antibodies that your body creates may be to the spike protein, this cone, this key, but it also may be to other parts of the virus. Okay. So, why, and also it takes your body about 48 to to five, 48 hours to five days before it can effectively create this antibody response, which gives your the virus time to multiply and cause infectious symptoms, etc. Okay? So... So if you have been infected with COVID, this does not necessarily protect you from future infections. Why? Because the antibodies that you create are not necessarily to this key, to the spike protein, to this infectious part Mm. of the virus. So, however, the vaccine makes sure that you reliably and consistently create antibodies to this part of the virus, the spike protein, which is why vaccines have sort of so far been able to protect us from multiple strains of the COVID virus, because since this is the part of the virus that most most uh, allows it to be infectious and allows it to be a, a successful invader, that's why mutations in this part of the virus would also decrease its ability, likely, we hope, um, ah. and we theorize, to infect the body effectively. I see. So or, or, that's the mechanism yes. in which the vaccine works. But is yes. that the same with all types of vaccines? All of them target the spike protein. I see. All the available vaccines today in the market target the spike protein, which okay. is why when the studies compared different types of vaccines, they didn't really find a big difference. Like the differences in efficacy are a few percentage points, but Mm. all of them are considered effective um, against the COVID virus so far. So when it comes to the Omicron variant, the reason there were some concerns is that there were some mutations in the spike protein of the Omicron variant. So Mm. the question was, does this mean that the vaccine is no longer effective? Thankfully, it seems even though there are mutations in the spike protein, they are not to the point that the antibodies would produce because of the vaccine no mm. longer work against the Omicron variant. So, so far, the data shows that there is protection that is offered to us by the antibodies that the vaccine helps us produce when it comes to the Omicron variant. And the proof is that 
people who the the large percentage of people who are vaccinated even when they do get infected with omicron so they have just, no symptoms they, they might have symptoms but they're more likely to be mild or no symptoms I and see. here's another myth that i sort of want to address if it's okay with you yeah. so some people say if the vaccine is so effective why do i still get infected with covid mm. so and here's why right so we just talked about how the vaccine works um, the vaccine works by creating these antibodies where do these antibodies live they sort of live in the nasal passages okay I of see. our nose So how does an antibody help fight a virus? It latches on to the virus and then what it does is it's a signal to other immune cells to come and attack these cells that have viruses mm. in them, okay? So this process takes time. So between exposure to a virus and between the time it takes for your body to creates a successful immune response, which is much faster if you've had the vaccine, much slower if you haven't had the vaccine, but it's still not zero this time. You still need about a day or so before mm -hmm. you create a successful immune response. So in this day or so, there is still some time for COVID, the, vi the virus, to multiply to a degree in your body. And that's why you might still have some symptoms because the symptoms we have from any infection have to do with your immune response, trying to fight this right. infection. And that is why you have less severe infection, less severe disease where The vac in the vaccinated population compared to the unvaccinated population. Because yeah. if you're not vaccinated, your body needs to spend several days until it creates the antibodies and until it fights off the virus. And these days are time for the virus to multiply and multiply and, and multiply. And symptoms just getting worse and worse and during exactly. that Exactly. And that's why it's more dangerous for you I see. Um, if you have not been vaccinated. Yeah. And then the other thing, another like common question that people have, all right, how can we trust this vaccine because we don't know the long-term symptoms? Yeah, man, that's a real concern, though. Yes, right? and, and it's hard to make a case against it. Uh, maybe you can help with that. It's like, we don't know, right? Great. Yes, let's be honest. We don't know we the long-term effects of the vaccine. Yeah. However, like everything in life, you need to have a cost-benefit Yeah. Um, sort of weighing of what is reasonable. Yeah. What do we know about COVID infection? We know that it's very infectious, has affected most of the globe. Yeah. We know that if you're unvaccinated, there's a high death rate. So the death rate in the unvaccinated population is six times mm. higher than the vaccinated population. Remember, I'm talking about death, not hospitalization, not symptoms, right. death. Yeah. So if you have a million people infected and you were saying, even if it's a small percentage, right? Like people are like, oh, but you have less than 1% people are dying. So why are we so worried about this well if a million people are getting infected one percent is a hundred thousand people that's a lot of people <laughs> you know yeah. so and again death is not a reversible thing like we, that's yeah. it you're gone so the yeah, and, then there, and then there is the, the not so serious argument of like if if the majority of the people in the world are going to take the vaccine and they're going to die from it do you want to re really remain around With I mean, all, with that's all, a philosophical I question. Mean, not only, like, think about this, okay? Who, if you're going to remain, <laughs> if you're going to yeah. remain around the earth and everybody died because of the vaccine, yeah. who's going to be left? All the other conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers. <laughs> Do you want to be around? Just take the vaccine. Oh Die like God. the rest of us. Well, <laughs> I'm, I, don't, I don't really have... I, I can't really agree with that exactly. I, but, um, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> it's okay. Yes. But I do have something else to say. Mm. So one thing... Another thing we do know about the COVID infection is that you can have something called long COVID. So even if you're young and healthy and you're like, I'll take my chances. I might have a good immune system. I'm gonna, I don't know, eat ginger and turmeric and honey every day and cinnamon and this will <laughs> protect me like yeah. you remember this fad oh yeah zanjabil or what's <laughs> it oh yeah i remember so yes yeah. so however even if you're young and healthy you have no medical problems you're strong as an ox 
this does not necessarily protect you from the symptoms of long COVID. What does long COVID mean? Mm -hmm. So some people who have the COVID infection recover, but there is a percentage, including young, healthy people who have long-term side effects after a COVID infection. Some people don't regain their sense of smell, For real? For like a long not at time, all. A, a small percentage don't regain it at all. Some people continue to have lung issues. So I personally know people who are young and healthy who continue to, and who are like very fit and active and mm. had a great exercise capacity. And over a year later, they say that there's still 80% oh of God. what they used to be before they got a COVID infection. That's such a so bummer, So if man. you're athletic or like enjoy being yeah. fit or just like being in your body, You don't guarantee that you're going to go back to what you used to be just because of how much damage it causes the lungs. Okay, so the, the, I'll interrupt you there in if you don't mind. In addition to kidney disease, etc. Like there's a lot yeah. that long COVID can do. There is an argument and I don't know, there's an argument to be made about, I don't know if you agree with this or not. So there's this idea that Omicron, at least so far from what we know, is not that dangerous for you. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it, it doesn't cause hospitalizations as mm -hmm. much as the other variants. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you do get an immunity, although not as in the ex at the extent uh, of the other variants, but you do get an immunity. What do you mean get an immunity? Um, uh, that you're less, well, the immunity to not get COVID again, although there's a lot of evidence showing that you're more likely to get you. Uh, re-get COVID again more than the other variant, right? So it's too early, right? Because it's Omicron has only been around since November. So okay. if you've gotten infected with Omicron in the past month or so, yeah. you have a, you're barely recovering, let alone yeah. have a chance. So we don't know about so, rates of reinfection. Yeah. But in general, because of the mechanisms I described earlier, right. it's very hard to say that I will have long-term immunity because I've gotten infected with COVID. Okay. Because as we said, your body's defense mechanism does not guarantee that your immunity will be to the spike protein, which is really what you need so you can have the most protection um, okay. against severe disease if you are exposed or infected with COVID. So, so I want to play out this idea that I, mm. uh, I heard. And mm. um, so let's assume that it does give you some form of immunity. We find out that over time that you do get a form of immunity and that Omicron is not as dangerous or does Fine. not cause hospital. These are the two assumptions. Sure. I mean, Could, yeah. assumptions. but Yeah, uh, definitely okay. assumptions. Yeah. Let's assume these two things are true. Is it possible if these two things are true that Omicron can eventually or turn out to be actually a good thing for us? That, yeah, every, that, so. that if it spreads really fast and it does not cause a hospitalization and over above all of that, it causes uh, it gives you an immunity, assuming. Let's would, assume could, all these things are true. Could, then, could it be that Omicron could eventually turn out to be a good thing for us? I mean, one can hope. However, what's to guarantee that no further mutations will happen, mm, right? That's so, the I like again, there's good scenarios are always possible, and we have to remember when we talk about mutations, it is a chaotic event, right? And what mutations stay can be due to probability. Is there a scenario where that can happen? Absolutely. And one can always hope for the best case scenario. Why not? Yeah. But hoping for the best case scenario should not allow us to lose Take sight of the precautions that we need to do. So that's then that leads me to my next question. There's so little that we know and there's so much fear, doubt and uncertainty mm. right now. Um, how should we think about this? How should we go about Omicron? Okay, great. So how you think about Omicron greatly depends on whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. So if you're a vaccinated person, especially if you've had two, the, your two booster shots already, mm. chances are you're going to be okay uh, so far, according to what we know so far in the world full of Omicron. So, so mm. the recommendations by some infectious disease inf experts out of UCSF uh, say that if you have been vaccinated, you don't need, for example, to cancel your travel plans. So if you're planning to travel for the school holiday, 
holidays and your whole family is vaccinated. Um, other than being aware of your, your going, so don't go to a COVID hotspot. Right. Uh, try and plan your travel to a place with a high rate of vaccinations because if you are going to be surrounded by people who are vaccinated, your risks, your collective risk overall is less. Um, if you are someone who, for example, is going to like gyms or already have a group of people that you see without a mask indoors mm -hmm. and they're all vaccinated, you don't necessarily need to stop seeing this consistent group of people mm -hmm. uh, if you've been vaccinated. Um, yeah. However, if you had plans, for example, to go to a big event, so like weddings, for example, or big holiday parties or things like that, right. then especially if there's a mix of vaccinated and unvaccinated people in these groups, then I would think not only twice, but 10 times before you go there. Right. Because what happens in an unvaccinated person, the virus can multiply much more in an unvaccinated person before their immune response works, which means even if you are exposed as a vaccinated person. So there's uh, there's another idea that I want to talk about a little bit uh, okay. about infection. How about we do that after we take a quick right, break? Yes, yeah, that sounds good. A good idea, sure. All right. The Nation Station. 90.4 FM. You're tuned into your Nation Station, Aman FM 90.4. I'm your host, Abdullah Al-Ma'wali, with you until 9 p.m. And in the studio with me here is my friend, Dr. Sura Arrawas. Hey, Hi. doctor. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. Um, and I wanted to discuss with you, like I've been avoiding the topic of COVID for a long time. I really thought I we, were, we were done with this series. We're not done. And it's just like when Netflix decides to produce <laughs> another season. Like why Netflix? It's a bad sequel, but hopefully this one will be bad because it's lukewarm. Like the last thing you want when you're talking about COVID is to have exciting news, right? Exactly. You, you want this to be something that's like just take a part of the background story. So hopefully the information we're spreading today will help keep it that way. I hope so. I think we are dispelling a lot of myths and fears that people may have, but at yeah. the same time urging or uh, taking the precautions necessary because this thing ain't over and there's so much that we still don't know about. So you're talking to me off air about um, viral load of this virus yeah. and the different symptoms that come so with it. So I just wanted to address, I guess I'm interested in addressing common questions that people have and are used to discredit the whole discussion Bef before, about COVID. Before you yeah. go to that, by the way, if you're listening and you do have questions, hit us up on our Instagram at omanfm.om. I'll, I'll, I took over the account for the next two hours. So if you have any questions for the, Dr. Surah, that's at omanfm.om. All right, continue. Sounds good. So, so yeah, so one of the questions are, um, how, why do some people get infected with like a severe disease and why do some people have mild symptoms? Mm. Um, and does, there's some correlation with how healthy someone is, but it's not always fully correlated. And the answer to that is it depends on the viral load of what they're exposed to. What okay. does that mean? What yeah. does viral I, I load know. mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, like, I asked you to help me make sure everything stays in English and you're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> I don't get in any more layman than this. This is the good, most good. layman of layman shows. Good. So viral load is the number of viruses, basically. So mm. if I am a person who has COVID, but I just got COVID, for example, and there's only 100 copies of the virus, in my body mm -hmm. versus someone who had COVID like two days ago and now probably has 10,000 copies. I'm just making up numbers now. Sure. So it's not necessarily like, you know, yeah. what happens exactly. Yeah. But I have 10,000 copies. So if you're a person who sees the first one, person A, mm -hmm. who just got COVID like a day ago mm -hmm. with my 100 copies of the virus, right? And for example, I give you COVID, 
because you've been, I don't know, within, within six feet of me for more than 15 minutes in the last 24 hours. Okay. Chances are your disease would be mild. Mm. Why? Because I only had 100 copies, which means whatever droplets are in the air that gave you COVID have a very low amount of virus, right. which means your body has a good chance of fighting this virus. On its own? On its, well, on its own, or even if you're, if you're oh, vaccinated, you're likely not to have any symptoms at all. Right. If you're unvaccinated, you might have mild symptoms. Right. So, that's ha- so how many copies you're exposed to of the virus when you do get infected does affect how severe your disease is. Okay. In addition to like your own natural immunity, of course. But if you're exposed to someone who's like had COVID for two days or three days, now has like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of copies of the virus, the droplets in the air from that can infect someone have a much higher copy of the virus mm-hmm. so it's like the difference between being shot with a pellet gun and being shot with a shotgun that's a big difference it's a I big would say. difference right <laughs> i would say so that's why when we talk about social distancing when we talk about crowds so for example the data that talked about restaurants and concerts and stuff mm. people are much more likely to have a severe disease if they get COVID in a concert or in a crowded restaurant mm. than if they were to get COVID from someone that they saw for example casually because they're exposed to the virus a lot more in, a ca- exactly. in an event yeah. so if a bunch of people are coughing and screaming and singing around you yeah. then your exposure is going to be like immediately with like you're going to get infected because hundreds of thousands of viruses rain on your body mm. versus oh my friend had COVID and we sort of hung out in a room mm-hmm. um, with like you know maybe less than six feet apart but you know not necessarily super close contact and they're not necessarily super sick yeah. then you're more likely to have sev- uh, less severe disease so yeah. when we talk about precautions of, like just so to help it, it, I think it helps to make sense of the why right yeah. like otherwise it's like why why do they allow some gatherings and not others yes like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out and man. this is why mm. so gatherings with a people that you see often that are vaccinated right. that are within like reasonable like distance you know like you're like what you and me did today you know when we like took yeah. a picture together like this is a very very low exposure right we're both vaccinated mm. so even though we're in a closed room we're not actually being crazy in terms of yeah. risk yeah. but if we were to go and sit in a room with 50 people um, if there's some social distancing that helps mm-hmm. decrease the risk and good ventilation but if there isn't social distancing and then add for example an activity like singing so if it's a choir oh in a God. church for example then or like people or being like very karaoke. loud or karaoke or like people <laughs> being very loud around each other yeah. then this is increasing the risk yeah. and also if you try and stick to a group of people that that is your like social bubble then you're even though, like, again, it's not perfect, right? Nothing is perfect. And that's why we still have COVID infections that we hear about, mm-hmm. like, you know, in our day-to-day life. Yeah. However, like everything in life, you want to take reasonable risks. You um, do, like, because life has to go on. We're uh, not all going to live in About the third dose, yeah. the third vaccine. Yes, get it, is the short answer. Thank <laughs> so you. So there is um, good like, evidence that it helps. In Oman, it's already available. It's uh, Everybody over 65 can just get it, or over 50 or over 18 with some risk factors. Mm-hmm. I hear rumors, I don't know if they're true, because I haven't yet tried to get my own third booster. But I hear rumors that if you go to a private clinic and you pay for it, you can just get it. So really, if you can get the third shot, 
yeah. get the third shot. If it's been more than six months since your second dose of the vaccine, that is really helpful. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but is it better to get the uh, a, a third dose with the same company you use? Like if, if I got Pfizer, should I stick to Pfizer or is it better to mix it in? Because I've heard arguments from both yeah. sides and I'm not sure what's the best way to go about it. So far, it seems that it doesn't matter. There is evidence that... Mix, so it's, it's good for the first two shots to be from the f- same one. Mm. However, from what we know so far, it's okay to mix. If it's been, because just think about the mechanism, right? Like when yeah. we think about the brands, we already said all the different brands are targeting the spike protein. Okay, yeah. but so, it seems like, and I, I, excuse me for my ignorance, but uh, Johnson and Johnson seems to be uh, a little different than the other two. No, I mean slightly, but still targeting the spike okay. protein. Yeah. So, and what really the ones that have the best data about them are like the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca and the Moderna vaccines. Mm-hmm. These are the ones with the most transparent, largest cohorts of data that we can see and it seems that like people and the data available is for people mixing Pfizer and AstraZeneca or Pfizer and Moderna and it seems that it's okay so get what is available because the protection you'll get from a third booster even if it's not the same as the one you got is still better than no protection why do we need a third dose because if if you've been for example socially distancing and you've had no exposure actually to COVID in the last six months then what happens over time is your body because your body is an efficient machine right so if you're not being exposed your body might not keep making these antibodies if it feels that it doesn't need them so you need a reminder to tell your body no actually this is still a thing that i need you to be aware of keep making those antibodies please and thank you and that's and so that's why booster that's why so many vaccines like you've had measles you've had you know all kinds of childhood vaccines right Mm -hmm. that's why they have multiple booster shots the idea the first booster creates the antibodies but the reason you have second and third and fourth boosters for some vaccines is to tell your body i need you to keep making those antibodies don't forget about it just because you haven't seen this virus for a while